Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hello again, everybody. Welcome to another version of Grace to All with Paul Gray, and we're picking up where we left off last time with my good friends Tom Bashford and Wayne McDaniel. They're sitting in the same studio with the same tree. Uh, a week now later, it's grown, I think, a quarter of an inch, but Wayne still doesn't have any hair that's growing. But never mind that. Uh, <laughs> he, he, he does a long hair, so I, uh, I, I got to just... I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll apologize for anything we might do. I might do to offend anybody as we go along. All right. We're having way too much fun here. Where we finished up last week, we were talking about Tom and Wayne's organization, Significant Matters, and how they're starting to work with churches. They've already uh, come up with a program with a fund to provide some seed money to help start people on a sustainable basis through churches, through businessmen, through churches to help people start little businesses, people that otherwise might not be able to get loans and things like that. As it relates to what we're talking about here with grace to all people, it just shows the the inherent dignity in all people. Now, all people are created in God's likeness and in God's image. How Christ has included us all, uh, died for all of us on the cross, and how I think it's Dr. Paul Fitzgerald who uses a term a lot that he got from somebody else, that we all have this precious innocence inside of us that's there, that's been hidden, or maybe we never see it, or their experiences in life and circumstances and stuff have made us think that it's not there. But everybody has value. Everybody wants to be loved unconditionally and known that they have value and to be included. And for the church to be able to do that, of, of all institutions, is my opinion as, as a pastor and also as a former businessman to think of, man, what a great way to combine, to partner with different resources to help people in all sorts of ways. And so I, I've talked a little longer than usual to get started here. But picking up where we left off from last week, would you guys tell us the resources that you provide or that you want to provide and that you already have in the way of videos and things to help churches connect with business people and then to help people in the way that we talked about last week? So pick up where we left off last week. So, Paul, the mission of Significant Matters is to help churches reframe their mission work around sustainable solutions and connect with business-minded people who can help that happen. So everything that we do is along those lines. So we do consulting and training. We call it Missions 3.0. Missions 1.0 is giving money. Every church gives money. Every North American kind of suburban church gives money. They get bored with just giving money. Missions 2.0 is they do volunteer service. And what we have found is that money and volunteer service alone has created the kinds of dependencies that we're wrestling with right now. We're trying to figure out how to get beyond that. So we've just called the training and consulting we do an upgrade. It's not that 1.0 and 2.0 are bad. 3.0 is just structures and strategies over time that a church has to engage in the internal changes that a church has to wrestle with in order to make these external differences 
that help people create sustainable solutions and the role that a church's mission department could play in that. And so along those lines, we do workshops, we do peer learning groups where we get churches together and work together over the course of a couple of years. And then kind of the flagship of what we do is this platform, this web-based platform where we bring in speakers from around the world every year to give us their best 15-minute talk on their model. These are all practitioners. These are all people that are trying to create a sustainable solution. So whether it's the rescue mission in Schenectady, New York, or the rescue mission in Joplin, Missouri, or it's the Sunshine Nut Company in Mozambique, or it's Florence Muindi in Jamaica, you, you get my point. It's global mission. It's local mission. No matter what you're talking about, mission work from the homeless in the United States to trying to reach unreached people group in the 1040 window, all of them can begin to wrestle with these principles of sustainability. And that's what we do. So these SAT talks help people get an idea. Ah, okay. I never thought of doing it that way. And then our missions 3.0 training, well, that's the kind of hands-on thing that we do to kind of train them. And then the next piece that we've just brought into it, is this fund, this catalyst fund in which we're saying, okay, while we're rearranging the way we do everything from the rescue mission to the way that we do our mission partners in Uganda, um, we also need to begin to mobilize people within our local congregations to think in terms of enterprise solutions to poverty, whether it be the rescue mission in your town or your partnership in some place around the world. Either way, enterprise solutions can be explored. And the Catalyst Fund is simply meant to be an incentive to incentivize the local church to just try it because this isn't happening anywhere. It's just not happening. So all of our Christian businessmen that want to do this are kind of going outside of their local congregation and finding a ministry to do it. And that's okay. I don't have any problem with that. But for every one entrepreneurial business person that goes and does that on their own, I would argue there's a thousand sitting in the pews who would get involved in it, but will never go and find that. We got to reach the thousand. We won't reach them except that we reach them through local congregations. So that's why we're trying to incentivize this. And we want this to be the church. At local congregation owning it, not us. Boy, what a wonderful concept. I am a pastor, still have the church that we started in 1991, but also many of our listeners, I know, uh, and grace to all, have opted out of church uh, mm-hmm. for various different reasons. So I kind of walk the line between two different worlds here, which I love both, but I'm very sensitive to the fact that uh, so many people, for various different reasons, are just done with church. However, when they see something happening where they see a group of people in the church who are seeing Christ in all people, not marginalizing people, not looking at them as projects, not saying, well, we'll spend a little time with them, but if they don't say the prayer and sign the pledge sheet and everything, then we're done, we're moving on. When they see people starting to actually share the love of Christ with everybody in a tangible way and doing that in a sustainable way where they keep on doing it. 
I believe that will attract people back to the church, assuming that the church is taking care of business in other ways. I'll just say it at that. Sure. So, you know, I'm very excited about this and I, I'm excited about you guys because I, I know your history. I know your background. I know your love for people. I know your generosity. And so many things excite me about this. But one is just looking outside the box and seeing what's possible and how can we uh, start getting people who love the Lord, who love people, give them something that they can sink their teeth into that they go, oh, man, that makes sense. It just makes sense. Yeah, we can do that. I can help with that. Maybe I can't teach a Bible study or go on a whatever, but I can take my business skills, my background. I can be a part of that, and I'd love to do that. So you talked about the 15-minute videos, the sat talks. Well, you've got like 60 or so of those online right now with different people to yeah. tell us a little more about that. Well, again, the whole idea is that we're trying to overcome this paralysis that in some ways has overcome the church, reading books like Toxic Charity and When Helping Hurts and coming to the realization that, yes, the unintended consequences of some of our good-hearted efforts has hurt people. So what we're saying is, okay, 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 okay. It's not the end of the world. I mean, the human race is progressing. The church progresses. The church figures things out. So it's not that everything we've done is wrong. It's that we stand at this crossroads where we have to rethink what it means in this world to help people. And we need to build on what we've had. So these sat talk presenters, these people that come and present, they're just telling their story. They're telling what's worked, what's not worked. They're not all businesses, but they all have at the heart of what they're doing, trying to create sustainable solutions. They all start from the standpoint of the inherent dignity with everybody and that everybody is a protagonist in their own story. The people we work with are not problems. We have to quit thinking about poverty and people in poverty as problems. They're not a problem. They are the solution and they are the protagonists in their story. How do we help them? How do we help them gain access as Acton talks about in poverty? How do we help them gain access to opportunity and networks of exchange? How do we come alongside of them to create the conditions by which human flourishing happens? And what do we do to support that kind of stuff? So we're just trying to push the church a little bit further into that. And we're trying to provide the coaching and counseling and training and some incentives like the SAT Catalyst Fund, which I think it'd be really great for Wayne to kind of talk about the mechanics of the Catalyst Fund, because here's an important thing. And Wayne came up with the tagline for this. It's, you don't invest in our fund, we invest in yours. <laughs> and that's not the way a typical fund works. A typical fund is, let's get this up to $10, $20 million. We want to get ours up to $10 or $20 million. But it's not because of what we do through the fund. It's that when a local church owns these things, when we can help a local church begin to say, oh, we did this, that's what we want. Because you can imagine what happens then, Paul, when that happens, when a local church starts to own it, then all of a sudden more and more local churches start to think, we could do that. And the more local churches you get doing this, the more access to the business-minded people. And there's incredible wealth sitting in the pews. I'll never reach that. I don't want to reach that. All I want to do is get the church to a point where I go, we can do this. And then we're not necessary at that point. Because now the church is doing with business as mission, what they've been doing for centuries with medical and various, but Wayne can kind of explain the logistics of it. Yeah, please do. If we're going to work 
with the church say that's going to set up they're sold on the idea or they get sold on it at least let's try this out so the way that might work is the church says okay well we'll commit say $10,000 from our missions budget to go towards this. So then we'll say that's great. Now, the next thing is you need to get another $10,000 raised from your congregation. And we'll work with them to show them how, because it's key, how do you present this, which the congregation will get it, especially the business-minded people, millennials, they'll get it that this makes sense finally to me. (laughs) That's a key point that we're trying to get to here, Paul. Every business person that we talk to about this gets it, but it's clergy like myself that wrestle with it. And we're not going to solve this problem until we can get clergy and business-minded people working together on something and having, even if it doesn't work, at least working it through until it does work, that's when the aha moment happens. So that's why it's important. The church can't do it by itself. It's got to find some business people that'll work with them. And the business people can't do it. They got to find some church money to go with it. Yeah. So the church budgets 10000 and the congregation raises at least another 10000 And then the Set Catalyst Fund will come along with another 10000 to match what the church budgeted. So then that's $30,000 that the church has to work with to do something. So it's it's like a two-for-one match of what the church committed to. So then what gets done with the money? Who makes that decision? Well, what we suggest is that this be run similar to an investment club and that those who put the money in, at least some of them, get to sit on a committee and make the decisions as to what ventures do we put this money into? And then later when it gets paid back, how do we reinvest it again? And so in that way, you have real engagement and real ownership with the congregation, Mm -hmm. because it's not just the missions pastor or it's not just the missions committee making the decisions, although they can be part of the committee, but the church has to give as much control of this fund to the participants in it that is their own congregational funders so that there's engagement there. And when you get that, you've got something that's really dynamic then because not only can they choose what they're investing in, but they can also serve as mentors for those businesses or for those ministries. And as we've talked, it can be local, it can be international, but it also will grow. So we've got this $30,000 in this example that we started out with. It goes into one or two or three or whatever different ventures. Well, assuming they're successful, then that will pay back the money over some period of time. But let's also assume the church Every year they're going to put this money in. And so next year they put 10000 and congregation adds several thousand to it. And you can see how over a period of years with the new money coming in and the recycling of the old money, you could build up a fund of $100,000 or more. And not that it's all about how much money you have there, you know, to say, oh, we got all this money in this investment fund. Well, What's the purpose of it? The purpose of it is to empower people to change lives. And the more money you have to do that, then the greater your impact can be. 
happen. So that's the whole purpose of it there. And as things go on, the church can be as creative as they want to be. So maybe they have a ministry that they're working with in Honduras, and they may say, you know, how can we help you create businesses to help sustain yourself? And so maybe the church and we can work with them to help create some business or businesses with that existing ministry they're working with. Or maybe they've got people in their congregation that would like to start businesses. And so maybe there's other members of the congregation that can help mentor those people. And then there's funds here now to help fund those businesses. So I think the potential is really significant. And there's a number of ways that it can go depending upon how the church wants to do it. And again, to go back to what Tom said earlier, we're not asking churches to invest in our fund. Rather, we want to invest in their fund to help them really build something that's significant and effective. That's just so wonderful. And I was thinking of so many different things while you're talking about that. But one of the things, you know, I started a small business. Well, I bought a small business before you guys were born and back in 1970. And I had some businessmen who just liked me and encouraged me to do that. They were like 20, 30 years older than me. I didn't have a board, but, you know, I went to them for advice on what to do and how to do this. Well, you were talking in the last episode about people that have been incarcerated and coming out and starting businesses. Who are they going to turn to? Say it takes $12,000 to start, you know, a lawn mowing business or whatever. Then who are they going to turn to for advice on how to run that business, how to uh, work with employees, how to navigate the tax and uh, regulations and all that kind of stuff? Well, most people turn to the people that they've known before in their life. So if, if you've spent some time behind bars, and if that maybe was your lifestyle before, you're not going to be in a good situation. But if you've got businessmen in churches who know how to run a business, who know how, who have integrity, who know how to do it honestly, who know how to play by the rules, all of those different things to be advisors to in, in whatever way it's set up to, boy, it gives those people starting a little business such a leg up on how to do that. And then I'm pretty into the choir. You guys obviously know that. But then the people in the local church, the business people who've come along and put in, bought into this and put the seed money into it, instead of leading a Bible study or serving in a soup kitchen or whatever, which those things are important, but they're taking the skills that they've got and they're sitting down with people and say, hey, you know, let me tell you how to, you're going to need to go to this office and deal with, you know, and Man, that's such a valuable tool to be able to offer, and the churches just make so much sense to be able to do that. It is. So, Paul, you need to ask Wayne if you can actually use donated dollars to do this. I mean, is this where you have to tap into your 401k to invest in this? I mean, can you use donated dollars? Go ahead and ask him. <laughs> so, where do you get the money? Do you have to tap into your own 401k to do this? <laughs> Wayne? How does that question, work? Paul. <laughs> It's a burning question. It's been on my mind for a long time. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so we've designed this to be done with donated dollars. You know, a lot of these businesses are high risk. I mean, every business, every startup is a high risk business venture. And so not all of them are going to be successful. And one needs to know that going into it. Well, normally when you are making a donation to someplace, you expect to receive zero back. <laughs> I mean, it's a donation, right? Right. In this case, if one donates to the impact investment fund, no, you will not get the money back yourself. 
But to the degree that businesses are successful, it will go back into the fund and can be redeployed. So you're not taking any more risk with money than you were taking before. Because before, these were donated dollars anyhow. We're not talking about retirement dollars. So whatever dollars somebody was donating, they were already writing that off, literally. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so now they can afford to take the risks with this money. You know, maybe with their investment dollars or their retirement dollars, they couldn't afford to take these risks because, you know, I, I might need that for my income or I do need it. So, but I was going to give this money away anyhow. So if it does go into a venture and it's a 100% loss, well, you're no worse off than you would have been, okay? But if it is successful, it's become sustainable, it's making an impact, and plus the money then gets reinvested into something else that's making an impact. And so your dollars become multiplied. They get used over and over again. And Paul, anybody that has spent much time in this space knows that uh, impact investing is done primarily not with tax deductible dollars. And we have chosen to live in that space. So we're looking for people with donor advised funds because we don't want to get into that space where, where you're, you need this money. Uh, and so some people in the church go, can you do that? I mean, can you take tax deductible dollars and start a for-profit business? Absolutely. And the IRS is encouraging that because they understand. And as long as the organization that is doing that is part of their mandate, and that is part of our mandate with significant matters to help people create sustainable solutions, then donated dollars can be used. Uh, Tax deductible dollars can be. And those are the only dollars that we're going to deal with. There are other places where if you want to take and make investments in sub-Sahara Africa, I mean, there's plenty of other places that that's not what we're going to be dealing with. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you explaining that. And I can't believe our time is just about up again. But you guys are doing such a wonderful thing. And it so ties in, in my thinking, just the whole concept of seeing everyone as made in the image of God and the likeness of God, seeing that God loves everybody. He's for us all. Many people don't know that. And we get to help share that good news with them. But providing just tangible, sustainable ways to, yes, we are showing God's love, but you're doing it in a way that's not just handing out dollars and say, God bless you. Hope things go well for you. Such a wonderful thing that you're doing. And I know that churches are going to catch on to this. I know that uh, you guys are tenacious and you're out looking for churches to pilot this with and for people to be involved. So as we get ready to close, tell us how people can contact you, can get in touch with Significant Matters, can talk with you guys about the things that we've been talking about. Probably the easiest way is to just contact Tom at SignificantMatters.com. Send an email and I uh, can sign you up for our newsletter and I can send you a copy of a white paper that we did a couple of years ago called uh, The Concept of Economic Missionaries that talks about a lot of this stuff. We hadn't developed a catalyst fund at the time, but it gets behind some of the stories that we're talking about. I'd love to uh, introduce you to the SAT Talk videos I can give you a list of probably 10 or 15 that are squarely in this space, some examples of people doing it. And we'd love to introduce you to the SAT Talks. And we'd love to find some churches that want to go through this whole idea of Missions 3.0, as well as a couple of churches that want to help us test pilot the Catalyst Fund. So. 
great. So email you at Tom at significantmatters.com. And if you guys want a reference for Tom and Wayne and for Significant Matters, contact me because these are not guys just off the street that I thought might look good behind a, in front of a plant and uh, say some nice things. These are guys who are really, I, I've known them for a long time. And uh, where the rubber hits the road, they give and they serve. They love God. They love people. They're creative. They look outside the box and they're really making a difference. And so I certainly highly recommend them. Be glad to talk with you about them, put you in touch with them, but contact Tom directly at Tom at significantmatters.com. See what they're all about and see if it's something that you might want to be involved in and in helping people through them too. So Tom and Wayne, thank you guys both so much for being with us again. And uh, hopefully after a period of time, we can do this again. Well, hopefully next time we'll have one of your listeners on with us telling how they helped us pilot this thing. That's what we're hoping for. Wouldn't that be nice? Thanks for what you're doing, Paul. Well, thanks everybody again for listening to Grace to All with Paul Gray. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.